what's going on all my anchor and spotify members breaker members podcast members see jizzle and the whistle i think this is segment four for the night may 25th through the 26th see jizzle and the whistle <clears throat> the last topic that we were talking about was Nikola Tesla and Mars and the moon. And I think the topic before that was racism. So I want to take those two topics and kind of blend it in. And uh, you hear about a lot of people that talk about being superior. Whether it's race or whether it's you're more superior than another country so on and so forth and um, talking about the whole space race and um, long story short if you want to be better than somebody you have to get if you want to be better than somebody you have to become more superior and the only way that we're going to do that as if we beat them to the punch. Russia, China, whoever. So, you know, we're not really talking about race anymore, but if you want to be, you want to prove your presence, and you want to be, uh, make yourself superior than everybody else, then you have to have something that nobody has. You have to, be something that nobody is. You have to, like I said, beat them to the punch. Whether it's the Mars space race, or it's the moon space race, or whether it has to do with the social uh, bullcrap that we're dealing with in America. If you want to make the world a better place, you got to be different. you got to be better. So, and the only way to be successful at winning the race is to be superior and um, superiority I believe is a mindset there are certain people that think that they're more superior than other people when they're really not other countries think they're more superior than other countries when they're really not but as long as you believe that you're superior Take the steps to try to be more superior. Um, let's just put it this way. If America ended up on the moon first, before China and Russia, and America started building infrastructures in a certain area, China and Russia would be crushed. They would think that America had beat them to the punch. They're more superior than we are. Because they're one of the first ones to do it. Now, you're still going to see, when you move to the moon, or to Mars, whatever, you're going to see a lot of countries that are spaced out. you got certain areas that belong to this country, certain areas that belong to that country. It's going to be kind of like Earth. In order for you to travel 
to other parts of the Mars or the moon, you're going to have to have certain permission or a passport or something, you know. You can't just go to one side of the moon that's owned by Russia and expect to be an American. That's just not going to happen. You can make the argument that you know, oh, well, you guys don't even know what's over here, you know. But they don't care because they own it. So that particular territory, they own. So it's going to be also a fight for the people that want the best sites. I mean, certain countries that move in on an area that has a lot of minerals, for example. And it belongs to them, because they moved in first. But if any other country was to try to move in there and dip in on their minerals, it would be complete chaos. Or if America wanted to build a plot of land right next door to China on Mars, it would be complete chaos. I'm not against integrating. I think all races from everywhere should integrate. Back whenever, you know, if you read the Bible and you've ever followed the Tower of Babel, there were a lot of people who didn't know how to talk to each other or spread their message. And um, they lived among each other. You know, not, you know, nobody could understand them, but, um, and I gotta do more research on the Tower of Babel. I'm sure it was an ugly time, but. Anywho. I need to learn from the past and move forward. Oh, look. There's another train coming from the opposite way. I'm gonna smoke a little bit of weed. <sighs> While I'm being interrupted. train just keeps coming. Tell you what. It's fucking really disrespectful. I mean, I just literally had one 10 or 15 minutes ago go the other way. All these people that have to live along those tracks should be complaining to the city council. We're not going to allow 
all these trains to be coming in here at all hours of night and blowing their horns. So, if we're not going to do anything about it, then we're going to stop these trains on the tracks where they, where they sit. So. Oh, you never hear about that. it's been it's been about a good two or three minutes it's really ridiculous you can hear this all the way across town it's fucking stupid it's one one forty-five in the morning oh my lord you guys might as well you guys might as well just fast forward like five minutes. Yep, might as well fast forward. You're not going to hear nothing except for train horns blowing, so. Six minutes and something whenever I first heard the horn. Now it's ten minutes in. It's been four minutes around about. And this horn has been blowing. Like, dude, just shut up. If somebody's on the tracks, oh well. If you're on the tracks at two in the morning, then you deserve to get ran over. The fuck? Anybody who's walking on the tracks that can't feel them vibrate deserves to be ran over. Man, it's terrible. It's a terrible way to try to make a podcast. You don't have to just hiss, you don't have to just listen to the horn. You gotta listen to the tracks buckling. Tonight's just not really been my night when it comes to podcast. It's been pretty calm outside, but yet there's so many noises. I don't know why. Cars speeding around, wind blowing, and the wind chimes going on, and rain. Then you got these trains coming in. Jeez. And now it shuts up. You don't hear any more buckling, you don't hear any more horn. Huh. After it gets past a certain point, that's ridiculous. 
completely ridiculous. Some of the reason why, like I said, when I move out of this state, I'm going to be really happy to be out in the middle of nowhere and not hear a train. And there's going to be a part of me that really misses that when I do leave here. Me not hearing a train is going to be like crazy. You know, I mean, 30 years that I've lived here, I've always heard trains. And guess what? They still drive me crazy. So, you got people that talk about, oh, you get used to it. You live behind some train tracks, you get used to it. How the hell could you get used to something that is tons and tons and tons blowing by you with a train foghorn? How do you get used to that? I don't know. I don't think so. If I can hear that train horn all the way over here or all the way across town in my apartment, I'm sure that I can still hear that train horn in your backyard or while you're trying to sleep. So ridiculous and those people have to pay the same property taxes as everybody else throughout the rest of the city that don't that's crazy they should get a discount they should get a property tax cut just for living by the railroad tracks honestly It's either that or they should start telling these train companies that you're not going to come through our city if you can't stop blowing your horn. After one in the morning, or two in the morning for sure, you don't, if you're blowing your horn, it's against the law. Until at least six in the morning. From two to six. least give some people four hours of sleep you know it's ridiculous it's crazy you can uh, you can get a ticket for having a loud exhaust or playing your music too loud but these people these people at the railroad can blow their horn at three in the morning and not get any any tickets that's pretty crazy you're disturbing the peace I mean if I was to drive around with a truck with a train horn in it guess what I'd be disturbing the peace so it is what it is you know and that's part of the problem with some of these municipalities and, and governments is they get away with shit and then they try and criticize citizens and stuff for doing the same stuff and trying to penalize them for it. Completely crazy. This wind has been kind of weird too. It kind of gets breezy and the wind chimes get to blowing and then it stops. It was kind of sprinkling earlier. It's gotten pretty clear right now, but 
still kind of breezy outside. It's a little chilly. If you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt, it's a little chilly. But... I'd like to be sitting out in the middle of nowhere, like I said. In a mountainside desert somewhere. Looking at the stars and not having any noise pollution, any sound pollution at all. No traffic, no cop car sirens, no trains, no light pollution. You know, there's so much light pollution around here that if I was to go out in the middle of nowhere in the cornfields, even though it's cloudy right now, I could still see little gaps, you know, that would open up and see the stars and it would be different. So, I've been out in the middle of nowhere before on bike rides um, in the middle of the night. It was kind of rare. I've only done it like once or twice in the night, but on those long track journeys took a, a trip to Taylorville on my uh, Cannondale when I first got it, my yellow one, Dale, that's what I call him, Dale. When I first got Dale, I took him to Taylorville because there was this girl there and went there, messed around with her. Ate, you know, hung out, watched movies and stuff, and then after the weekend, I would come back home. Or after a couple days. You know, I would never go there and then come right back. I'd stay a couple days, kind of let my muscles and stuff kind of recuperate. Um, but it was usually in the daytime when I'd go to Taylorville. Um, and it was in the summer it was really hot whenever I talked to that female it was really hot Ooh. it was so hot and it took three hours of pedaling to get to Taylorville it's like 20 miles it might be 30 miles I don't know but 20 to 30 miles and it took you three hours to pedal there and in the middle of fucking summer, it is terrible. I only gave myself two, like, ten minute breaks. And, um, during these breaks, you couldn't pull over to the side of the road and drink water or anything because you would literally throw it back up. You get to pedaling, you get hot. You get worked up, and you would throw it back up. I've never had that happen, but I know it will happen. So I didn't ever do it. But <clears throat> even if you pull over to the side of the road and squish a little bit of water around in your mouth and spit it out, you're not getting the hydration that you really need. So you pretty much have to hydrate before you go. Before you even start the trip, like two or three hours ahead of time, and you start drinking right, because you're going to need it. 
and you're not going to be able to drink it on the ride there. So, um, that really taught me something growing up. Um, I didn't do a lot of, I mean, I did bike riding, but I didn't do any cross country or anything crazy like that until I got Dale. And Dale, the yellow one that I have is a trail bike, so it's a little bit heavier um, to withstand the trails and stuff. I mean, it's still pretty light, but it's still pretty heavy. And um, it's a 29 inch uh, rims on it. 29 inch rims, double steel wall rims. Uh, so it's not just single steel wall rims, they're double steel wall rims. If you have to bunny hop something, jump over something, or uh, <clears throat> you gotta go through some bumpy terrain or trail, those rims are gonna still hold true. I don't know how high of a jump that you could probably land on one of those before they end up crushing or failing or whatever, but let's just say having double steel wall rims is better than having single steel wall rims. <laughs> Anywho, um, it's a lot heavier. The rims are heavier, the frame's heavier. Um, eventually, here within the past few years, I got this black Cannondale that was from, like, it was an 89 Cannondale. It's 30 years old or more. And it had the original French rims on it, which are really light. They're very, very light. But they're also really strong. And I'm not bunny hopping on it. I'm not jumping curbs with it. But it's pretty strong. I hit some pretty good sized potholes. And just taking some pretty good little blows. But they're not double steel wall rims. They're French rims. And it's really hard to find French rims nowadays. So if you did damage one or bend it. They're very, very hard to find. Anyways, they're original. Original rims, original frame, original gear shift cables, and the gear shifters are actually not on the handlebars. You have to actually reach down onto the uh, down tube the one that the the frame that goes down and there's these levers that you push forward or pull back and it's really kind of like a steampunk feel something from the 90s would feel like you know old technology but it works really good really solid and the bike frame itself is like half of the weight of what my other yellow bike is. They're both Cannondales. One of them was made 30 years ago and it's lighter than the other Cannondale that was made oh, about 
Hmm. When did I buy that? That was like... Hmm, I lived at my last apartment for five years, I think. I lived at my mom's for a year. I'd say it's about eight years old. I don't know. But they've got thumb shifters on it. You just push your thumbs forward or pull on the other lever and it upshifts it or downshifts it. Um, but you have a lot of problems with those. <sighs> After at least a couple years, you really start having problems with those. Um, especially if you're riding in the cold, in the snow, sleet, you're riding in the hot summer. After about a couple years, um, you got problems. And they're usually a lot more harder to solve with those thumb shifters. They're just more complex, they're more expensive, they're more, you know, so having these old push style uh, shifters are really rudimentary, but they're also really effective. So, anywho, I like riding my older bike around than my newer bike because it's lighter, it's faster, it's more simpler. The tires are a lot more skinnier, the rims are a lot more lighter. It doesn't have disc brakes on it like my yellow bike does, but I'm not planning on taking it down any trails. So as long as I'm riding around in a city, I'm always going to prefer my black bike over my yellow one. But if I'm riding down some bumpy roads or a terrain that's not really, then I'm always going to prefer my yellow bike. So, I always keep two bikes. Um, I eventually want to get another bike, another Cannondale, or a Specialized. Specialized is a good one. Trek is a good one. I like Giants, too. Uh, I'm not really particular, but I guess I can say that I am when it comes to Cannondales, you know, because they are very dependable. It's a very dependable bike. It's a very dependable rig. Um, I put my bike through hell. Through the rain, sleet, snow, many bumps. Um, I even ran over a curb one time, head on, and I thought I was going to flip my bike, and it just ran up over it. The shocks absorbed it, the tires absorbed it, I ran up over it, and, um, yeah, I mean, I put that bike through hell. It's been a very good bike. There's a lot of people that ask me, you know, what would I sell that bike for? They ask me about selling, uh, my black bike all the time, too, and I tell them, it's more than what you're going to want to pay. Let's just put it that way. I got this black bike for like 125 bucks from a guy that worked at a bike shop. And he wanted to get rid of it because he had a lot of project bikes. He worked on a lot of different bikes. And his wife would only allow him so many projects to work on before he had to get rid of them. And this was one of them. So...
if somebody asked me what would I sell this black bike for today it would be upwards of $600 um, ultimately when I bought it off the guy for 125 it was a steal this bike is at least worth 400 and then the sentimental value and what it could be another 10 years from now adds more value to it so all original and I've held on to it um, the yellow Cannondale I've had people ask me it's newer you know ask me what would I get rid of it for well I paid a thousand dollars when I bought it and then with all the tires and the uh, taking to the shop to get worked on uh, get everything uh, tuned up you know and all that every so often it's taken me probably about twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars is what I spent on that bike and it's got a lot of sentimental value I've ridden it to Taylorville I've ridden it to Petersburg and back it's gotten me through a lot of stuff I've been through a lot of things on that bike and um, when somebody asks me what would I sell it for it's always the same answer you're not going to be able to afford it you're not going to be able to afford it I mean how bad do you really want it because I want it more than you want it so ultimately I probably wouldn't let my bike go for like anything less than fifteen hundred dollars and that's from buying the bike and all the work I've got into it but like I said there's also sentimental value along with that bike so that bicycle got me through you know it got me to work and back many different years but it was also a part of whenever I got my car taken away from me when the state tried to give me a DUI and um, it was the only thing I had it's the only thing that got me from point A to point B and whether I had to go do laundry or get groceries or get beer it was my it was my best friend didn't have a car but I had that Cannondale you know so and it's always been there and it's always been reliable there's never been a time whenever I went to go grab my handlebars and said I can't ride this I just cannot ride this to the store it's got so many problems with it I can't ride it there's never been a time when I've said that even when the the gears have been messed up and uh, had many problems wrong with it it still rode my ass to work so <clears throat> very 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 dependable and even if I was to get rid of the, the tires and the brakes and get a new system it's still the same frame it's still the same bike so to me it has a lot of sentimental value to it it would probably never happen 
somebody really wanted to buy my bike, they would buy it. Somebody that was rich enough, really wanted to buy it, they would buy it. But until then, it's going to stay in my power. So I'm going to enjoy using it for many more uh, years to come. So and when, it, when it gets to be 30 years old and it becomes an antique, I'm going to pass it down to my kids to have. So, you know, people always ask you what's the value of this or that, but 10, 20 years from now, you never really know what the value is going to be. It's always good to hold on to things, especially antique or vintage things. Even cars that are more than 20 years old, it's an antique. So, when I got that um, Lincoln Continental from my mom, it was a 96. Time 2016 came, it was an antique. And the police and the court system took it from me without proving that I was guilty. They took my car and seized it and put it in an impound, and I couldn't get it out. It's like $200 a day. In, in that instance, it was $200 a day, and I didn't have, you know, it was already in there for a week at least from fighting the court cases. I didn't get my car right back out. I would have got my car right back out they would have pulled me over again and they would have seized it again because I was driving on a suspended and a whole bunch of things it was a whole bunch of things but anywho you gotta learn from those things and move on and um, don't let things bother you too much. You know, I, I deal with things that I still think about to this day, and it sometimes it bothers me, but you know what I say? Fuck it. Fuck it. Who cares? You know? It's in the past. It might bother you, but there's a lot of shit that's going to bother you in the future. And... When the big boys go out to play, like me, the government's going to come out and try and tell you, slap you on the wrist and tell you, you can't do that. And, uh, whether it's drinking and driving, which I wasn't, but, or whether it's speeding, which I had many different tickets from that, but... They're going to get you. If there's a way for them to fucking take your car, they're going to do it. If you're illegally street racing or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You got enough tickets from a loud exhaust and broken headlights, they'll take your car. So, it's completely crazy, but, anywho... I'm going to get off of here. I'm going to go inside. 
smoke a little bit of weed, and uh, eat me some cheeseburgers from Dairy Queen. And uh, I might make another podcast tomorrow, I don't know. Been making a lot here lately, but I might get on there tomorrow. I'm going to go in here and drink this IPA, little hazy IPA, tall can. I've already had a six-pack of Rolling Rocks. And we're going to get this party really started before early morning comes. It's already almost 2.30. So 3.30 comes around. I want to have that tall can gone. I want to eat some food and get on my way to bed. And uh kind of reminds you of a bat. <laughs> If you think about it, kind of reminds you of a bat. You know, bats want to get to sleep at like 3.30. Have their little party before, you know. Anywho, for all you people out there that do listen to my channel, I really appreciate it. And if there's nobody out there listening to my channel, I can care less. So, at least I'm getting on here and, uh, putting my content out there it's almost like a uh, diary or something for me I don't really care so somebody gets something out of it and listens to it then great if not then great I don't really care but like I said I might make another live video tomorrow I'm pretty sure that I will after I get off work I'm gonna be off the day after that so I'm pretty sure I will make another live video tomorrow, but until then, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. Until the next time, deuces, C-Jizzle and the Wizzle, signing off.